Welcome to Your Gay Book Club, a monthly, virtually meeting, online discussing podcast book club. Every month we are reading books that are by or about or center queer people like you and me and celebrate all the things that make us being us so awesome. I hope that you will join us and read the books and contribute to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our second episode and our first uh, book discussing episode. I want to take a minute before we dive into the book to say thank you to everyone who has listened and supported and followed and responded. Um, The feedback and engagement has been so awesome. I'm so excited that people are excited about this and about reading gay books and the connections and conversations that I've had about this book and book club and about this podcast have me stunned. So thank you for engaging, for tuning into this new episode. I am just so looking forward to continuing to engage and be challenged by some of these books that we read with you and to experience joy. I also want to take a quick second to talk about the Story Graph, which is a website that's similar to but better and more ethical than Goodreads, which I don't know if you know is owned by Amazon. So it helps readers find new books, and you can find book recommendations based on mood, pace, tropes, um, character diversity, lovability. Um, You can take and retake as many times as you want a survey to get new recommendations and write reviews and leave ratings. I know this sounds like an ad, but I have been using StoryGraph to find most of the books on the list that weren't recommended to me by one of you. But I'm going to be using the synopses from the StoryGraph website um, to describe each of the books. And so I just wanted to give it a little bit of a shout out because it's really awesome. And I wrote a little blog post about it which you can read on yourgaybookclub.blogspot.com. So you can check that out on our blog. (laughs) So the book today's episode is about is Sarah Farazin's Tell Me Again How a Crush Should Feel. The book is YA fiction, and it came out in 2014, which in my mind is last year, but turns out was actually before the apocalypse. Anyway, here's the synopsis from the storybook. Um, where Tell Me Again How a Crush Should Feel has a 3.66 out of 5 rating. High school junior Layla has made it most of the way through Armstead Academy without having a crush on anyone, which is something of a relief. Her Persian heritage already makes her different from her classmates. If word got out that she liked girls, life would be twice as hard. But when a sophisticated, beautiful new girl Saskia shows up, Layla starts to take risks she never thought she would, especially when it looks as if the attraction between them is mutual. Struggling to sort out her growing feelings and Saskia's confusing signals, Layla confides in her old friend Lisa and grows closer to her fellow drama tech crew members, especially Tomas, whose comments about his own sexuality are frank, funny, wise, and sometimes painful. Gradually, Layla begins to see that almost all of her classmates are more complicated than they first appear to be, and many are keeping fascinating secrets of their own. If you're not finished reading the book, it's your own fault. If you keep listening, you're the one who clicked on this, so it's on you. That's my spoiler alert. (laughs) So one of my first impressions of the book was that finally I felt like I was reading a young adult novel written by an adult that didn't feel so obviously written by an adult. You know when you're reading YA and it feels like that meme of Steve Buscemi with the backwards baseball cap and skateboard, and he's saying like, what's up, fellow kids? I don't know what that's from, 
But that's kind of what it feels like a lot of the times when you're reading YA and you're like, this is clearly written by someone with their MFA and not a 14-year-old with acne. So I was really surprised at how realistically Layla felt to me like a teenager, to the point that I found myself like rolling my eyes at her often, which is awesome, which is the point. To achieve that kind of believability in a character really set the tone for me to be able to dive into the world of the book. And I think that's part of what makes the book so fast paced. I think from the feedback that I received from you guys, a lot of people found themselves just devouring this book really quickly. And one of those books that you just like can't put down. It's kind of sad the way that I was trying to think about describing this is like to describe it as binge watching. It's a book. Like TV streaming services have seriously just melted my brain. Another one of my favorite things about the book is the moment that Layla, the main character, is in with her sexuality. I feel like in so many coming-of-age queer stories, we jump into the story when the protagonist has no idea that they're gay. Um, there's often this like inkling that they're not normal or they don't quite fit in or like they long for something more. But we often watch painfully as our gaydar is alarming more than my ICU nurse and me can handle while they like slowly figure it out. But in this book, in Tell Me Again How a Crush Should Feel, our protagonist Layla knows. She knows that she's gay. She uses the word gay. She uses the word lesbian. She denies it outwardly, but within her internal monologue, aka the world that the reader sits in, she's out, which is a really interesting kind of phenomenon, this out inward. <laughs> she's inwardly out. She's out inside. But it's it's really interesting. I mean, it definitely makes the self-exploration and self-identification part of the coming out story, the coming of age story, a little bit painless. And I think part of the reason that I use the word painless and part of the reason that for me it has been painless and or painful is because it often feels inaccurate. It often feels unrelatable. And in my reading history, it probably was um, because it was probably written by straight people who didn't have the experience. Um, not that every person has the same experience or relationship to coming out which is kind of the point of what I liked so much about this liminal space that Layla sits in as the protagonist who shares with us, the reader, that she's gay. It's not us sitting there, you know, waiting for her to realize it. Layla's experience existing in a space where she could say, okay, look, I'm gay. Yeah, there it is, but not outside of myself. I once, I remember once explaining to a straight coworker the experience of coming out. And while I had a relatively easy time coming out in my many experiences of doing so, it wasn't one and done. And I came out when I started that job to my bosses, to my coworkers, occasionally to patients. And sometimes it was intentional, sometimes it was incidental, and sometimes I was outed. Mostly it was fine, but you don't always know. And I'm actually currently in the process of changing jobs. And to be honest, as a very out person, I mean, here I am talking on a my gay podcast, um, you still don't really know what that experience is like. And I still am kind of nervous about it. And that's coming from someone, you know, I'm fortunate to have so many other identities that make that experience easier. I'm a white, cisgender, able-bodied and straight passing woman. And if I feel it is unsafe, I have the privilege of skirting the issue and kind of hiding in the safety of people's assumptions that I'm straight. 
which is until my mullet-clad drummer girlfriend pulls up in her 15-passenger tour van. But that's not to say that it, you know, it, it isn't the same experience for every single person and every single time that you come out. I also had a brutal conversation recently with um, a nurse practitioner at my job. She was talking to my best friend at work, who is also a lesbian. And she started talking about how she thinks it's really wrong when gay people come out later in life, when they are married with children and have a family and then decide to come out. And my friend and coworker and I were like stunned. We like looked at each other like, yeah, no shit. I think she's like, I think a lot of those people should have come out earlier. And we were like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of those people probably wish that they had too. Nobody's sitting around like, all right, let me just hurt everyone that I know. You know, it's, it's not quite so black and white. It's not quite so simple. And it was just bizarre. Like the, the ways that a lot of straight people still think about coming out as this knowledge that they are entitled to about someone else's personal life. The older that I get, the more I feel my coming out has to do with privacy, with who I want to let into my life and my circle. And I do find that as I get older, I am more selective about that in general, which is an interesting opposition to my experiences feeling pride. and to wanting to make community with gay people and to talking so much so often about being gay. Like when I feel comfortable with people that I know are straight talking about it, it's so obviously a big part of my life. Um, It's never a secret that I'm gay and I feel very proud of who I am, but coming out gets old. Um, So sometimes I do feel like Layla where I'm like back in this world of the internal knowing versus the external assuming that I'm straight. But The point is, it is something to be done over and over again. And I could get all gender studies-y. We could talk about Eve Kosofsky Sedgwick's The Epistemology of the Closet and about the limitations of a binary, of the advantages and disadvantages of coming out, the linguistics of gay versus lesbian versus homosexual. But this is a YA novel, so uh, let's hear from some of our readers. Okay, so we had quite a few people write in as they were reading, which is so cool. So one reader, Bianca, wrote in with a bunch of awesome thoughts, so I want to share her email to us. Bianca writes, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this book. On one hand, I absolutely love the cultural representation. I am Indian American, but I really saw myself in Layla's experience as an Iranian American. Although our cultures are very different, I related so much to the family parties, always providing way too much food, conservative parents, high academic expectations, and cultural discomfort toward queerness. I loved Layla's relationship with her mom, and I just wish my mom would react similarly if I come out. And I cherished Layla's parents' relationship and love for Lisa after all these years. I also loved Layla and Lisa's relationship. I am a sucker for friends to lovers' romances and I could feel the wedge Lisa's feelings for Layla created in their friendship. I felt the escape in the popular friends group and the grief of losing her brother. I loved that they rebuilt their friendship before realizing that they both liked each other. Their relationship felt really wholesome and healthy and so loving. However, I felt very uncomfortable with Saskia for most of the book. I know that's kind of the point in this book, but she is one of my nightmares, falling for a girl who would take advantage of me, threaten me, insult me, use my friends, and out me. For the longest time, I thought Saskia was Layla's love interest in this book, and I was so convinced that there was an error on the front cover. Saskia has dark hair, 
So why is there a blonde girl on the cover? I was so pleasantly surprised when I realized it was Lisa instead. In the beginning, I loved Saskia. It felt so refreshing to meet another student who actually understood racial ambiguity and knew something about Iranians. But then I felt uncomfortable when she would take advantage of Layla, manipulating her attraction. I read a lot of reviews of this book, and I see that many people read Saskia's character as bisexual. I personally don't see that. I can't see Saskia as bi. I don't know. To me, she feels like a straight girl who enjoys experimenting, but doesn't really feel the attraction. But that's just me. I do understand that many people do read her as bi and see the author as biphobic for making the only character explicitly shown to be with girls and boys to be unstable. The other thing I found really hard to read was Layla's self-deprecating thought process. It felt painful and way too real. It threw me back to my teenage years when I didn't realize I was attracted to girls. I don't really have a label for myself. I am a girl who likes girls, but also can like people of other genders. Bi and Pan both feel strange to describe myself. Seeing Layla's experience knowing she is gay threw me into an alternate reality where I might have known about myself. I had my first crush on a girl when I was in 8th grade and had a couple really deep crushes throughout high school, but I didn't recognize them as crushes until the end of college. I always thought there was something wrong with me that I would get obsessed with my friends, most of which happened to be girls, but did not connect the dots that, oh, these are crushes. So to me, seeing Layla growing up hiding being lesbian felt like an alternate reality for me where I could recognize those feelings. Thank you, Bianca, for writing in. There's so much awesome analysis here of the book, and I just want to thank you for sharing your experience and, and writing to us. I felt similarly kind of surprised at how much it brought me back to my experiences as a high schooler, and it reminded me of the Tegan and Sarah memoir High School that came out that also surprised me with how much it made me realize, because... In my own experience, I kind of knew that I was gay in high school, but there was no crushes on any girls or anything like that. And I dated men through high school and through college, even as in college, I more clearly began to identify as not straight is kind of how I understood it. And speaking, Bianca, to um, your difficulty with labels and them not kind of feeling right, I think this speaks to what I was describing earlier about the closet and these binaries and these identities that, you know, I'm someone who very proudly identifies as queer. And I find that for me, that word feels right. It feels like it is an umbrella term big enough to capture the multiplicity of my sexual orientation and identity. I also identify as a lesbian and I also use the word gay often. I think that for me, the best way to capture how multi- faceted my sexual orientation is, is to use different words often. So for me, that, that kind of feels the most accurate is to kind of swap it out every once in a while. I also, I know that a lot of readers probably had a similar experience with Saskia's character. Um, in the beginning, you're so rooting for Layla to finally have someone who understands her and appreciates and celebrates that she comes from this diverse background and acknowledges cultural differences and things like that but then the character is revealed to be so manipulative and I think that unfortunately a lot of people have this experience of having their heart played with when they're first grappling with their feelings and their sexual orientation. I really I didn't even think to consider Sasuke's character bisexual or to kind of place that 
label on her. Um, I kind of just saw her more as a character meant to make Lisa's re-entry into Layla's life make so much sense. You know, I feel like if the book had just been about Lisa and Layla reconnecting and rekindling this friendship and then realizing that they have an emotional romantic connection as well, um, I think that it would have felt boring. I think that for me, what made Lisa and Layla's relationship so special and so relatable for me is that my favorite relationships are the ones that I experience companionship in, um, whether that's friendships or romantic relationships, where you feel really understood by the other person and you feel a kind of deep intimacy and shared understanding of who one another is. And I think that Lisa and Layla actually have that in this book, and that's what makes it feel so three-dimensional and feel so wholesome, like you said, Bianca, and feel so loving. Thank you again for writing in to us. Let's look at what some other people had to say about the book. So on Instagram, I ask, what did you learn from Layla's experience as a first-generation Iranian-American? One person wrote in and said that all first-gen immigrant experiences are so similar, especially when there's a language and cultural barrier. Um, I messaged this person to ask them to elaborate a little bit more on, on what they felt about this and how they connected to the story. They wrote, Layla's struggle to make her parents happy definitely made her so relatable. I've felt that, and especially with Nahal. I wonder sometimes like how the pressures I get from being the oldest and navigating those expectations affected the relationship I had with my sisters. We're farther apart in age than Nahal and Layla. As a straight woman, what made this book so beautiful for me was the universality of the high school experience. Crushes and your first partner, love is love. Thank you for writing in. Another person wrote in, Community, culture, and religion can be obstacles in coming out for fear of being ostracized in a new country. And I think that's a big pillar of this book and what makes this book so special is that it's not a typical coming out story that Layla's identity and experience as an Iranian American is something that intersects with her fear of being outed which throughout the book spoiler alert is realized and that so much of her fear of coming out is not the same as it is for many people who don't have the same cultural expectations or cultural norms around same-sex couples. A lot of it is about expectations, and I think that that is something that a lot of people can relate to, but that it is really uniquely described in Layla's experience as an Iranian-American. So I asked on the Instagram, what was missing from this story for you? And someone wrote in and said, I want more of Lisa's story, which I definitely agree with. I mean, Lisa is a really complex character. She's grieving. She is part of the popular group, you know, she is also out to herself. She and Layla kind of meet in this crossroads where they are both at the same place in recognizing and identifying their sexuality within themselves. I think I would love to know more about Lisa's experience too. I love that she has such a deep background story and that they have a history, the two characters have such a history, but I would definitely love more of her experience and, and more about her coming out because you know I felt like towards the end things really ramped up and escalated and she you know we see Layla's parents and family's acceptance of Lisa but we don't kind of see the opposite and I think that would have been really interesting to see someone else wrote in I wish there was some more explanation about Saskia but I hate how she walked over Layla 
I felt like this could have used a little bit more flushing out too. I think that Sasuke's character is manipulative and she kind of exists as this alternate to Lisa. Another user wrote in, such a fun read. Saskia is terrifying. <laughs> I'm glad Lisa and Layla got together and Layla's family was okay. Um, this person said, I came out over video chat two months ago to some family and I'm still figuring out my feelings and labels. And I think it's really important to, to acknowledge that like that experience of self-identification, like the experience of coming out, is not one and done. That so many people, myself included, find ourselves re-identifying. I think that's the word that I like to use to describe this, is re-identification. Um, because you're not doing it for the first time. And that wisdom and that knowledge of knowing yourself better every time you find new language to describe who you are at that current time is really special. And it adds layers and dimension to your identity, which is so awesome. I also asked for people on Instagram to suggest uh, zodiac signs for the characters. Someone said that they thought Saskia was a Gemini, and I also got that Saskia must be a Leo. I think we can definitely say that there's a lot of stereotypes about those two signs um, being a little bit manipulative and loving the spotlight, so I can say that I can't disagree with those two assessments. Someone else wrote in and said, I'm kind of interested in the idea of perceived versus real homophobia in the book. It feels like the threat Layla felt there was at school if she came out was not necessarily huge. Like, my perception is that kids now are way more accepting and chill about queerness than even when I was in high school, which was only like a decade ago. I found myself wondering how other students really did feel about her being a lesbian, if anyone outside her friend group really cared, compared to how much she feared her secret being out. I understand that part of her fear was that her secret would make its way back to her family, but I kind of wanted to see a little more of the aftermath at school to see the tension break. I think this is really interesting too. I think that my understanding as well is that Gen Z is much more lax about it. Um, and I think that even in the story, the way that Layla's coming out and not just coming out, but suddenly being in a relationship with Lisa at school is like... Her, her immediate friend group is upset that they weren't in on the secret, which I feel like is how often people feel when you come out. They're upset with you that you withheld something from them, or they're upset with you that they weren't in tune to with, with your experience or with your emotions or with your sexuality, that they're almost insulted that they didn't catch it which is really interesting and painful a lot of the times because that goes back to the issue of privacy that I was describing earlier, um, that so much of it is, it's a private thing and it's a private thing that queer people often have to make public. Having to make such a private part of you public is not something that straight people often can wrap their heads around or understand the invasiveness of probing or holding that against someone or asking, you know, it's, it's not appropriate, but because it's not the cultural norm to be homosexual, it's assumed that it's fair game. Overall, this was an awesome young adult novel. It was a pleasure to read it. I felt like it very maturely and tactfully addressed issues of ethnicity and culture and added a bunch of several complicated layers to your typical teenager coming out story. It was very wholesome and I, I really enjoyed reading it and I hope that you did too. I want to thank you for writing in and for sharing your thoughts and for engaging with me. Next month we are reading 
On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong, which I'm very excited about. So make sure you pick up that book and start reading right away.